all you've ever done is make your covenant greater, Father. And if you have ever been Jehovah Rapha, you are still Jehovah Rapha. So we thank you for that, Father. We thank you for being the God who heals. And Father, if you live on the inside of us, that spirit, Father, that eternal spirit, that everlasting spirit that resides in my mortal body, Father, will quicken this flesh, Father, cause it to be alive, dispels the sickness and death, Father, that tries to consume us each and every day. Father, we thank you that we are carriers of life, Zoe life, the God kind and the God quality of life. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father, for being our healer. Thank you, Father, for always healing our bodies. And Father, we give you praise and honor for these things. We thank you for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, is he Jehovah Rapha? You know, he is Jehovah Rapha, right? And so, uh, welcome to healing school, right? And so, you know, uh, in healing school, of course, we teach on the subject of healing, right? Unless it's a big revelation. Um, but, um, you know, the very first class that we taught on healing school was in January of 2015. And we covered the topic of God's will to heal. And by now, you should have a PhD in the will of God for healing, right? <laughs> if you haven't figured it out by now. But um, uh, uh, how often is it God's will to heal you? Always. Is there ever an exception where God does not want to heal you? No. And, and, and you know, there are a lot of things, uh, you know, uh, when, when the church talks about the healing power of God, uh, a lot of times they, they need to, they feel like they need to introduce a little wiggle room. Well, God allowed this sickness. Uh, but even, you know, I don't like that phrase because first of all, it's not a biblical phrase, right? It's not, we don't get that from the Bible. Uh, but that phrase implies that, you know, God could intervene. He just doesn't want to. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's not really, you know, I prefer to, to speak like the Bible speaks, right? I prefer to say things like the Bible says. And if you go through all the, all the healing examples, you know, we went through all 80, uh, 82 or so examples of healing in the Word of God. And there's never an instance where God said, you know, when somebody came to the Lord for healing, where he said, I prefer that you remain sick and then walked away. There's not a single time where that ever occurred. Uh, and, and so it's always God's will to heal. There's never, God never wants you to be sick. Now, has there ever been in the history of humanity a situation where our choices and our lives have been a hindrance in receiving the healing power of God? Absolutely, right? We see that in the Word of God and the examples in the Word, even with Jesus, where sometimes he would, remember the, the man who was born by four in Luke chapter five, he said, son, thy sins are forgiven, and then he healed him. And the man at the pool of Bethesda, go and sin no more, uh, lest the worst thing come upon you. Uh, and so there are times when our actions hinder God's power from moving in our life, where our choices, our decisions hinder the move of God. And that, that is true, right? So there are times when, when we, we don't get healed because of our actions. Uh, but the good thing about that, if our actions caused a hindrance to God's healing, what can our actions also do? They can change and then allow the power of God to move. Amen. Can we not repent if we are in sin? Can we not get forgiveness if we're in sin? Everyone that, that uh, was where sin was a hindrance to healing, did they also not get healing? They did in the in examples in the Gospels. Everyone who had sin that was a hindrance to their healing was first forgiven and then healed. So there, there's never, there was never a case where they couldn't get it. Amen. Uh, now, there, there may be cases where people aren't getting it. But is that, is that due to any desire on God's side? Where he's just like, I'm just not feeling it. I just not, you know, for you today, it's too bad, right? Uh, and, and you have to get, if you can get to that level, to, that, to that, get that settled in your heart, that God never wants me to be sick. Never. Ever does he ever want me to be sick. Does he ever, you know, sitting in heaven going, well, it's better if they're sick. If you can get that settled in your heart that he never has that thought. See, then you can work on your healing because, you know, uh, uh, life happens, right? You ever known anybody that has chronic sickness of some kind, whatever it is, right? Uh, and why, why is that the case? I don't know. You know, uh, is it God's will that they remain that way? 100% no. 100% no. 
God never wants anybody to remain sick. Uh, but w- so what's the cause? I, I can't tell you because there's no, there's no biblical rule that says every single time if this is going on, this is the cause. Uh, uh, could it be sin? It could be sin. Uh, you know, I'll tell you the, the, the one, and I know I've told the story before, but, you know, for years and years I, I dealt with strep throat. Every, every season I would get strep throat, right? And I would get, I, I'd get sick. And I could tell you had enough times, you know, my throat would get a little scratchy first. And then all those, I don't know what they are, but the, those glands on the side of your throat would all swell up, right? And then my throat would close up. Uh, and, I, and about the second or third day, I would lose my voice. And during that whole time, I, I would uh, be sick in my stomach, couldn't hold anything down. Uh, and and um, this went on for years. I mean, years, right? Uh, and, um, but, you know, I, I believe God for, um, I, I believe in the healing power of God from the day I got saved. I, you know, I got saved in a word church, in a charismatic church. So I always believed in healing. I always knew God was my healer. But, you know, for years I dealt with this. <clears throat> and, and, you know, I would... I would bind everything and loose everything and, you know, cast it in, cast it out, you know, everything I could try and not successful, you know. And so I went to the Lord about it, you know. Uh, sometimes we're a little slow. I could have gone to the Lord about it years ago, but, you know, a- after attempting to a- arrive at my own ability a- after many years, I finally, uh, you know, I wonder if the Lord knows anything about this. You reckon he knew anything about it? You know, he did, right? And so, Lord, what's up? You know, and I was real honest. Lord, I believe in healing. Don't you believe in healing? I believe in healing. I believe in laying hands on the sick. I believe, you know, casting out devils. I believe, you know, I always believed it. I've never, never really had any doubt about it. You know, I, I believe it more now. I mean, uh, having taught healing school every week for seven years, uh, you know, uh, there's just more revelation about healing that I have today than I ever had even before that, you know. Uh, and, um, and so I went to the Lord about it and said, so, Lord, you know, what, what's the deal? And, you know, the thing that's nice about asking the Lord a question is he'll answer you. Uh, you ever notice that? You know, he'll you know, asking you what? Shall I receive? Well, sometimes you're asking a question and you, don't you need to receive an answer? Wouldn't the best thing to, to get in the world is an answer to a question? Uh, uh, of course, there's some questions, you know, you, well, Lord, what's, what's my problem? And then he answers you. It's like, well, maybe you overshared, Lord, I don't know. Cause sometimes he'll give you a whole list, right? Here's a list of all your problems, right? Uh, and so, Lord, uh, Lord uh, why am I not receiving healing? And he showed me, he said, because he said, what I would do, you know, because I, I, was, I was saved in the 80s. And you remember, remember the 80s, right? In the 80s, everything by law was a devil. The cause of all problems was a devil. You know, devil behind a bush, devil in your car, devil in your washing machine, devils everywhere, right? Everything was a devil. If you was mad, it was a devil, right? If you were, you were a sorry person, it was a devil. If you were in a bad mood, you had a devil. It had to be cast out, right? We cast everything out that you ever imagined, you know. There's probably, we probably cast a few things in. Trying to cast a few things out is my guess. But, but um, uh, anybody remember those days, right? Uh, uh, everything was a devil, right? And, and it was just, uh, and I remember as a teenager asking some of the older folks at the church, hey, well, how come you spend so much time casting a devil out? Because, you know, I was reading a book of Mark and everything in Mark says immediately, immediately, immediately. And you're over there, you know, saying hang on, let go, you know, whatever. Hours, hours casting devils out of people, right? As if the name of Jesus was limited. I mean, sometimes you just, you know... Uh, Jesus, Jesus would just do something and, and uh, from that very moment they began to amend, right? He'd just walk off. You know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't spend a lot of time worrying about, you know, that the appearance didn't have the appearance that he, he wanted, right? Uh, and the ultimate, you know, of course, in the 80s, the ultimate, you're trying to cast something out, the best thing you could ever hope for is somebody could vomit, right? And then, oh, yeah, look at there. That's, that's God right there, you know? I mean, they, they really, we really cast a bad devil out there, right? I mean, and it could have just been bad pea soup, too, you know, for all I know, but but anyway, Lord, Lord uh, you know, why am I not getting healed? Why, why am I not having success in this? And he said, the reason you're not having success is because you keep casting the devil out. He said, the sickness, there's no devil. There's no, no demonic presence causing this sickness. Now, some, is there some sicknesses that, ca- that are caused by a demonic presence? Well, surely they are, right? And in that case, if there's a demonic presence, but even if there's a demonic presence, that still doesn't mean you've got to cast the devil out. Remember uh, uh, in, in Acts 19, it says when, when they took handkerchiefs and aprons from Paul, that the, the sick were healed and devils were, were cast out by a handkerchief. Did that handkerchief say something to the people? No. And there were times when there was a devil there that Jesus, it never, it never, it never directly says that Jesus cast the devil out. Sometimes he did, right? Sometimes you do have to cast the devil out. But sometimes you just can believe God for healing and the devil still has to leave. 
but if there's not a devil, if it's just because there's germs and viruses in the air, are there germs and viruses in the air? There's no devil that's causing that. It's just because we live in a fallen world and there's sin rampant in the earth and there's sickness in the earth. And so there's no specific demonic oppression in that case. And so if you're casting a devil that, that's not there, if you're casting a devil out that's not there, what's going to happen? Exactly what happened in my life. Nothing. But you still keep on doing it for years, you know, casting out devils, you know, tall devils, short devils, fat devils, you know, cast them all out. No devils, you know. Uh, and, and he showed me because uh, we were at uh, the church we had, we were at, uh, they had these, you know, these pillars because, you know, it was a, uh, they needed pillars to hold up, you know, those metal posts, you know, talking about the, in the middle of a lot of buildings. They had a couple of those. And, and, he, and he showed me because there was two of them right in the sanctuary in the front of the church. And he said, you're pointing that post over there. And the problem is, is the post over there. And that's what he showed me. He said, you're, you're over here. You know, and, and, and I just kind of had this picture of, of Don Quixote. Remember the story of Don Quixote's out there, windmills, you know, trying to beat the windmills out. And there's no problem with windmills, you know. But that was me. I was Don Quixote just, you know, casting devils out of this post over here. And the devil, you know, he's not even over there. He's over there laughing at me because like, I ain't over there, you know. Uh, but you're cast, trying to cast me out. And, and so, you know, I just had the revelation that, that, you know, I still take authority over the sickness, but I don't have to cast the devil out. So... See how we get in a, in a rut. We get into the, these ruts as the, as the church of here's how you always do it. And, and instead of being led by the Spirit of God of what should you do in that moment, we, we get into legalism, right? Well, if it's this, it's always a devil. What the, you don't know that. How do you know that? You know, are you, are you, are you God? You know, you're not God. Uh, and so, and then we get, don't we, don't we get in those ruts? It's always this way, right? In terms of, it's never a devil. Well, yeah, I can't say that either, right? Uh, and so, so I just, from that point on, I just, instead of casting a devil out, I just took authority over the sickness in the name of Jesus. And that was October of 1997. I've not had strep throat since October of 1997, right? So uh, what is that, uh, uh, 25 years, right? So that's a long time, right? And, and so uh, I think it's taken, right? I think, I think it's, you know, you can look at it. And, by, and before that, I was once or twice a year, every year, right? At least once or twice a year, every year, uh, and for years. And so... That doesn't mean I haven't, dealt, haven't had to deal with things since then. I've had to deal with other things. But that sickness, don't have to deal. And, and uh, uh, you know, even since then, I have since uh, felt those same symptoms would come on me on a rare occasion. Not so much anymore. But especially immediately after that, night, October of 1997, I could sense that scratchiness. You know, I could sense my, feel my, my uh, um, glands there uh, swelling up, you know, and, and getting infected and inflamed. And I would take authority over it and they would leave. Uh, and, and, so, and, and what I have observed in my life is that once you do that long enough, the devil just, you know, it's not so much the devil, but those, you know, the viruses and germs, you know, all of creation knows the name of Jesus, right? And they'll just, you know, they'll just not come by you, come around you. And so, and you can live in that divine health. And so I've lived in the divine health free from that strep throat for all of those years. Uh, and and so, so what's the answer uh, for your sickness? Well, I don't know. But the God knows, Amen. Uh, and it, it, but see, I was never I, I was never on the opinion. Well, maybe God just doesn't want to heal me of this. Maybe this is just my lot in life to bear. Maybe this is just my cross that I've got to bear. Uh, never think that because it's not true. God always wants to heal every single day. Never he. In fact, more than you want to be healed, he wants you to be healed. Uh, his desire for your healing is infinitely greater than your desire for healing. Uh, and if you can believe that, if you can get to that point settled in your heart. See, then, then you never quit. You never, you never give it up, you know. Uh, and, and so oftentimes, you know, I understand that, the, the, uh, uh, and I have talked to other ministers, you know, why do you think that person uh, is not getting healed? You know, and just even in general, why, why do people sometimes suffer with chronic disease? And, and they really didn't know, but I, I think the, the answer is they, they don't have the revelation they need to, for that particular sickness yet. But the Lord will, will reveal if we ask him, Amen. Uh, and, and you know um, I do know a friend of mine uh, she she had um, uh, she she had chronic back pain anybody know anybody with chronic back pain right and multiple surgeries like you know five six uh, eight surgeries serious back pain as long as we knew her right for years decades so we knew her uh, and um, and that just kind of bothered me you ever bother you ever see somebody like that that just bothers you you know and so I just started praying, Lord, you know, why, why are they 
why are, not, why are they not getting uh, victory over this? Now, you know, you have to be careful because is it any of my business? I mean, in one sense, it's not really any of my business because that's between them and the Lord. But, you know, he never told me to stop praying. So if he doesn't tell me to stop praying, I'm going to keep praying. Amen. Now, sometimes you say, you know, Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord. None of your business. You know, keep your nose out of it. Yes, sir. No problem. You know, but he didn't say that. So if he doesn't say, if he doesn't tell me to mind my own business, I'm going to keep pushing, you know. And, and for years I'd pray, Lord, you know, Lord, why are they not getting healed? Because they believe in healing. I believe in healing. You believe in healing. But they weren't getting healed. Lord, you know, why is it? <clears throat> and so I was talking to them one day and there was a lot of drama in their life and a lot of things had transpired and, and that he really, really got hurt by what a lot of things, a lot of things that people had done to them. But they were just one of the nicest people I ever met, just a saint of God, you know, just do anything for anybody, helped so many people that I knew, right? And yet people would just talk bad about, about her and, and just treat her badly, you know? And, and um, you know, ever known people like that? They're just nicest people in the world, but people still step on them. Uh, and um, I'm not really that way. You know, I have to really work at, you know, you know, some people just come out of the womb just nicest people in the world, you know? I, I really gotta, I gotta work at it, you know? My, my wife, she came out that way, you know? doctor slapped her you know thank you appreciate that you're so nice doctor you know i like that tie you got on there you know just you know he slapped me you want to step outside and do that again you know i mean that's kind of you know that's just kind of our, our difference of personalities you know and, and so uh, but I, I i would pray for them for years uh, uh, and lord you know I, i'd like to know i'd like to know why they're not getting healed because maybe i can help them right uh, and, and so um so one day i was just talking to them and they were just talking about, you know, some of the things that have gone on, you know, in their life. And they said, you know, I'm just, I'm just not one to, to be in unforgiveness, you know. And it's like, you know. And then they changed, right? You know, you ever seen somebody change, you know? But what those people did to me, I'll never forget. You know, I can't stand them, you know. And then I could just, you know, shoot them all and, and, and kill the rest. You know, I would. You know, I can't, you know, just, I just, you know, I don't even want to look at them. It's making me sick, you know. And right in the middle of them just kind of going off on that, the Lord spoke to me. And it's just almost like he said, that right there is why they're not healed. Now, I've never told him that because he never gave me the liberty to tell him because he could tell him that. Couldn't he tell her that? He could tell her that. Uh, but that's why. Bitterness, right? Unforgiveness will hinder you. Amen? Uh, and I've known dear friends of mine. You know, they, they, say, they say this with this mouth. I just, I just really struggle with unforgiveness. I just struggle with unforgiveness, you know. And then they'll die. And I'm like, why they die? Well, they died because they struggle with unforgiveness. And if you go to Mark eleven twenty six. It's the, only, it's the only thing Jesus specifically called out that he said, this is a hindrance to your faith. Now, there are clearly other things, but it's the only one he ever called out specifically that unforgiveness was a hindrance to, to your faith. Uh, and, the, and the problem with Mark eleven twenty six. in fact, you know, we'll just go with the flow here real quick. We'll just uh, read it because I think it'd be helpful to, to read it. You know, unforgiveness or, or forgiveness, easiest thing in the world. It's so hard to forgive them. Easiest thing in the world to forgive people. Because it's just, all you got to do is just do it, right? Uh, and so he said here, let's start in verse 25. He said, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Uh, and so, so uh, will that be a hindrance to your faith? Well, sure, right? It'll be a hindrance to your faith. But... Uh, and it's a completely unfair verse. Amen? Because what's it say? It says, When you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone as long as they first repent and apologize to you and tell you that they were wrong. Uh, do they have any responsibility prior to you forgiving them? No. Completely unfair, right? Lord, they got to tell me they were wrong. they got to say they were wrong. they got to admit that they were wrong because I was right the whole time. They were wrong. They did it, you know, they've got to come and apologize. They've got to come and ask me to forgive them, and then I'll forgive them. Does it say that? Does it, does it, uh, does, uh, do they have any responsibility prior to you forgiving them? No. What if they never repent? Still got to forgive them. What if they never acknowledge that they did wrong? Doesn't matter. What if they never say, yes, I was wrong and you were right? Because we all know we were right, right? I was right. I'm always right. I'm never wrong. You ever wrong? I'm never wrong. <laughs> Uh, and so, do they ha are they required to admit their, their error prior to you forgive? No. Completely unfair, right? Completely unjust. And yet, what does he say? Got to do it. Well, why do you got to do it? Because it, it's the, the worst thing in the world is for somebody to come and do something to you 
Now, now you've got to deal with the fact that they did that to you. And then you're in unforgiveness. So now you've got two knocks against you. You've got to deal with the fact that, you know, you feel put upon, whatever they did, plus now you're in unforgiveness. So now you've got two strikes against you. Uh, and, and why should you suffer because of what somebody else did to you? But people do it. And that, they will, some people, they don't care. They will, I'll be in unforgiveness. I will never forgive them. Fine, then, you know, die early, I guess. I don't know, but... Uh, but, you know, the Lord is, he is unable because it says he, he, he will not forgive you, right? He, you will not be forgiven. Now, why? Because he's unable to forgive you. Uh, because that's the deal, right? You've got you've to be free from your own guilt before you, you can be forgiven for, you know, uh, or you've got to do your part, you know, before you can do his part. Uh, and so, but all you've got to do, uh, uh, one of the greatest revelations the Lord ever gave me about forgiveness, because if you ask you ask your average Christian now, now if you've all been around here a while, right? You can't answer the question, but um, what does the word forgive mean? We all know, right? You've been around here for more than a day, you know, right? What's the word forgive mean? People think, you know, it means forget. Well, you mean forget. Yeah, but what's it mean? Well, it means, you know, you forgive them. I don't, but what's it mean? What is, what, what's it act? When you say that word, what does that mean? You know, people say, well, you forget what they did, you know? Can you actually forget what they did? I mean, you know, I remember, I, I remember, you know, uh, uh, my friend uh, Jeff Spring in fifth grade. You know, he talked about me. I went and beat him up on the on the playground. You know, I still remember that, right? He probably remembers it too, right? Uh, uh, and um, you know, but he shouldn't have done it. You know, it's his fault, right? Uh, and that was in fifth grade. <clears throat> and so, yeah, do you, you will you forget something? Well, no. Am I am I bitter towards him? I, yeah, I hadn't thought about Jeff Spring until just that minute, right? You know, in all those years, right? Uh, and so, but um, uh, what's in the, uh, I don't know where, where was that on, uh, oh yeah, what, <laughs> what, does, what, does, what does it mean, right, what's the, what's the and, you, and it's really not easy, you have to study it out, it took me a while just studying it out, looking up the original word, and, how does, and, and the conclusion that you come to is the word forgive means to pardon, right, will you pardon somebody, well, pardon somebody, how many innocent people ever need to be pardoned? Uh, I think, Mr. Nancy, you say you've never had like a DUI or been in jail or anything like that, right? So, uh, so, so uh, how, how much pardoning do you need done to you? Do you ever, have you ever submitted a request to the government to pardon you? No, because no, you've never needed it, right? You've never, you've never been convicted of a crime of any kind. You've been accused of a lot of, right? No, you haven't been accused of anything that I know of. Uh, but you've never been you've been never been convicted of a crime, so you don't need a pardon. So a pardon is for the guilty, amen. Even if it's only you who thinks they're guilty, amen, because they may actually be innocent. Sometimes you forgive people for things that, that you think they did and they never did it, right? But in your heart, they're still guilty, and so you have to make a. So the nice thing about forgiveness is, hundred percent you get to choose, right? Hundred percent you get to choose to to pardon that individual. I ch- and, and, and the way I say it is, Lord, I choose to forgive them and pardon them for this thing that they've done to me. I choose to do it. Because that way, it's a choice. It's not something, well, I just don't feel like... And people tell me, I just don't feel like I've forgiven them. What's that got to do with anything? Do you believe that when you pardon them, that you pardon them? Or are you just saying words, right? Because sometimes we just say words because by law, we're required to act like Christians, right? Uh, and so we just say things that sound like being a Christian, but we don't really mean it. Well, the, and that's really what they're saying because I didn't really mean it. Well, well then why do it? I, I will say, Lord, I pardon them every day until my emotions line up with my faith. Yeah. And that's really what you've got to do sometimes is if your emotions come back tomorrow, well, you didn't really forgive them. Lord, I ask you to forgive them. In fact, I double up and say, Lord, I ask you to, to make sure that, there's, that they, there's nothing that they've ever done to me that's held against their account. Because if you do something to me and I'm, I'm innocent, it's going to be held to your account, right? The Lord will, it'll be on your account and you'll have to repent for that. But I'll ask the Lord to forgive them on my behalf. Lord, they've done that to me. You, you, you take that off their account. I'm asking you to do that. And according to John chapter 4, you can do that. You know, you can ask the Lord to forgive somebody for things they've done to you. And you can't just, Lord, forgive the whole world for everything they've ever done. You know, you, you don't really have that authority. But if they've done something to you... Lord, I ask you to have mercy on them and, and to remove that from their, from their account on my behalf. Uh, and worst thing in the world for the devil is to get other people forgiven, right? Because he, he likes the fact that they get, they, they get in a place where they can't receive God's best. But uh, when they get to heaven, they, they won't have anything in their account as it relates to me. Amen? Nobody will. I will ask them, 
uh, not only, Lord, I, I forgive, I pardon them for what they've done for me. Now, I ask you to pardon them for what they've done for me. Because it, the, those are two sins, right? What they, every sin uh, starts with a sin against God first, and then a sin against the person second. Amen? So there's always two sins involved in anything people have done to you. And so I make sure I cover both scenarios. Lord, forgive them for anything. Uh, well, you know, they don't deserve forgiveness. Is that right? Well, what do you deserve? You know, the only thing I know you deserve is if you go down to, to Master's Donuts down there, you get a box, and it says, you deserve a donut. That's the only thing I know you deserve, right? Because the box says you deserve a donut, right? Other than that, we deserve hell, don't we? All of us. Amen? None of us deserve. Any of us earned our way to heaven? None of us earned our way to heaven. I, I mean, you know, uh, even if you've never been convicted of crime, you still haven't earned your way to heaven, have you? Amen? You, you get to go to heaven because of God's grace, just like the rest of us mere mortals. And, and so, all of us deserve except for the grace and mercy of God all of us deserve hell right every single human all have sinned about all have sinned if that means if all have sinned then then how many people have sinned all you know all means all there's not really any great deep uh, revelation of that all means all all have sinned it comes short of the glory of God now, and so so what, what's the hindrance in your life I don't know but you know it could be it could be unforgiveness it could be sin it could be like in my case there was no there was no sin it was just a lack of revelation. It wasn't even, it didn't the Old Testament say that my people perish for what? A lack of knowledge, right? And I could have, you know, you could die from strep throat. You know, it, it was pretty rare, but you could have died from strep throat. I could have died from that and, and, and never having sinned in relation to it. Just died because I didn't know. I assumed it was a devil. And so it's not always some deep, dark, bad thing. It's just, maybe you don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a hint in your heart of, you know, maybe God just doesn't want me to, doesn't want to heal me. I heard a minister get up and say one time, when God decided not to heal my wife, then we went to the doctor. He said those words. A minister of a full gospel church said when God decided, when God decided not to heal my wife. That, that, that border is borderline heresy in my mind. Because it is, right? You're accusing the Lord of having desire to not grant your wife the blessings of heaven. He looked at your wife, the mother of your children, and said, yeah, I just don't feel like it. Not, not today. That, that's, 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 that's accusing the Lord of an evil act. Because if you could do anything, if you could help anybody in the world, and you just go, I'm not feeling it. I, I just don't want to do it. I could. I just don't want to. People think you're a terrible person. And yet, don't people accuse God every day of, of not wanting to heal? of not wanting to, uh, to remove sickness from our lives. And sometimes we'll wrap it up in, in flowery words, right? Well, uh, uh, you know, God wants to get glory from my sickness. And, and there's some ultimate purpose in me not achieving my healing that God has something better for me than that. That sounds kind of pseudo-spiritual, but it's still heresy. It's still not true. Every single time, without exception, God wants to heal your body. Every single time. From the first breath of Adam to the last breath that humanity will have on this earth, God will always desire to heal every single person, without exception. <clears throat> and so, and so there's, no, there's no, you know, we went through, uh, when we went uh, through F.F. Um, uh, Bosworth's book, one of his chapters is reasons why Christians don't get healed. There's like 26, 26 reasons and there were just observations that he had in, in the years of ministry that he, he had uh, prayed for people over the years uh, of why uh, sometimes people don't get healed, right? But again, those are just observations. There's no law there that, okay, one, uh, one of those 26 is the reason why you're not getting, well, maybe it is, maybe it's not. You know, it could just be because it's Tuesday. It could be because it's not anything, right? Sometimes people feel unworthy to receive healing. You ever notice people like that? Just, they just feel unworthy to receive the blessings of God. Well, that's a lack of faith on their part, right? It's not a faith of healing, but just a faith in their relationship with the Lord. You know, that some people just feel unworthy to be healed. I just, I just, you know, I really hate to bother the Lord about that, you know. Uh, and, 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 you know, in that, you've got, to, you've got to increase your faith that God loves me. And if you think about it, you know, the, the Lord, uh, as far as the Lord's concerned, uh, the only purpose of us being on the earth is to advance his kingdom, right? right? To advance his kingdom of heaven. To get people saved, get them on, on the way to heaven. Everything else is secondary. Our jobs, careers, our dogs, our cats, our houses. Everything secondary to advancing the kingdom of heaven. Amen. If you're not well, how well are you able to complete that commission? 
it's really hard, right? I mean, you know, if you just, especially if you're like bedridden and you just, you know, you just can't get out of bed, you, you know, you, uh, uh, you're unable to complete the Great Commission effectively, amen? And some people, you know, they're sick and they're nice people and they, they witness to the nurses and witness to the doctors and that's great. That's not God's best, amen? Because you could still, can't you witness to a doctor if you're well? You know, I witnessed to my doctor, you know, he's retired now and, and how are you feeling? I feel great. Well, you sleep good every night. Well, well, you know, uh, you have any problem? Nope. Uh, what about this? No, I had no problems there either. What about it? No, I'm fine. And he said, you're disgustingly healthy. You know, that's what he said. Those are, you're disgustingly healthy. Uh, and, and so, see, I could witness to him by being disgustingly healthy, right? It's not a biblical phrase, but that's what he said. <clears throat> and so, um, so it's just, uh, you, you've got to get it settled in your heart about what's God's will for your life. What's God's will? And if you get it settled, see, uh, see, if that's not settled, then there's always that question over here, right? But if you get that settled, then you can focus on the actual problem, which is the sickness, right? Uh, and you'll focus on that, and, and you'll find the root cause of it, whatever it is, and you'll never, you'll never give it up, amen? Uh, and so, so we're here uh, in um, uh, Dr. Yeoman's book, in chapter 3 of the last book. Of, so the book has got four books, right? So we're in the last book there. In chapter 3 of that, we, uh, she, uh, this chapter is called Healing Pictures from the Bible. And so she talked first about, you know, really Passover, uh, about, um, uh, and then, you know, the, the last plague of Egypt, which, which was uh, the, the death angel. And, of course, that's not God's angel. It's a death angel, right? Is there any death in heaven? What does the New Testament say about death? So it's, it's an enemy, right? It's the last enemy, in fact. Uh, that's going to be dealt with. Uh, and so it was just God taking his hand off and allowing the death angel to, to roam through Egypt. Uh, but even that, he still constrained it. You're only allowed to, to destroy the firstborn. That's it. Uh, and so and it was his grace that constrained it, right? It was his judgment that allowed it to begin with, but it's still his grace and mercy that constrained it. Uh, and so, so uh, and she, she tells a story about... Uh, uh, in relation to that, she was sto- telling a story about a, a uh, uh, there was a sickly family's mother, right? So the whole household was sick and sickly, you know, and, and someone told her to go put blood on the door, right? Uh, and, and I don't know if they meant it literally or figuratively, but, um, you know, but in that, you know, I just wanted to, to say, and we, of course, we've talked a lot about that around here, um, but we, we've heard the phrase a lot about uh, pleading the blood. Anybody ever heard that phrase, right? Pleading the blood. And so sometimes in relation to sickness and disease, people plead the blood, plead the blood. Uh, you know, the, the problem I have with that phrase is where in the Bible does that phrase exist? Can you pull up a Bible program and, and search the phrase plead the blood? You can't find that phrase anywhere in the Bible. Why can't you find it anywhere in the Bible? Because it's not in the Bible right now. Let's deep revelation right but if you can't find it you know why it ain't in there right so if it isn't in there why are we using that phrase why do we use a phrase that's not contained in the word of god to uh, apply to our lives and it's just it's really just tradition right it's 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 no more than tradition but if you think about you know um what does first peter 224 say that uh, by his stripes what we were healed right uh, and then, and if you look at Mark 16, when he said, go into all the world, uh, he said, uh, in my name, they shall do what? The very first thing is cast out devils, right? But the, the list com- ends with, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So we lay hands on the sick and they shall recover in whose name? In the name of Jesus. So our authority in the church resides where? In the name of Jesus, right? You've been to healing school uh, more than once. You, that, you know that, right? Uh, our, our authority as a church resides in the name of Jesus. Our authority does not reside in the blood of Jesus, right? The blood of Jesus purchased those things, right? That was the medium of exchange. And really, the blood of Jesus was for two things, right? One, we read this morning in in, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, it was to establish a new covenant and to pay for our sins. Uh, And is that true? Sure, it's true, right? That's what the Word of God tells us, that the blood of Jesus was there. Are we washed in the blood, right? Are we made clean, by his blood, we are made clean by his blood, right? It paid for our sins, and, and we should believe that, right? We should have confidence in that. But there's nothing, there's nothing in the New Testament that says that the blood of Jesus was there, was shed for our healing. The New Testament always, always brings to light that our healing was purchased by the stripes of Jesus. 
Uh, and so that's what paid for our healing, but then how do we get healing manifested in our body? We use the authority of Jesus, right? In the name of Jesus, be healed, right? That's what, the first, that's what Peter said to the man at, at the gate beautiful in Acts chapter 3, right? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up, rise up and walk. So, and he said, uh, in his name, through faith in his name, has this man received his healing. So it, it's the name of Jesus that it gives us the authority over healing, over sickness and disease. Amen? Uh, so, so we have authority over sickness and disease because we've been granted to that by the head of the church. He'd go into all the world, right? Lay hands on a sick and they shall recover in my name. So that's, that's the commission that the head of the church has given to us. That he, is, he, he has said, your authority resides in my name. So you go take my name. Don't, don't do it in your own power. Right? Remember the seven sons of Siva, uh, also in the book of Acts, right? Uh, you know, they're trying to cast out devils uh, in Jesus' name whom Paul preaches. Well, they were just, they weren't Christians, right? They were just Jews. But they saw it, so they thought they could just emulate that. Well, the name of Jesus hasn't been given to the world. The name of Jesus has been given to the church. It, it, it's a sign to us, amen? It's where our authority resides. We go in the name of Jesus. Uh, and so, so in that then, uh, that's how we obtain healing in the name of Jesus, right? We use the authority of the, of the name of Jesus and we declare that we have authority in the situation in the name of Jesus and we command uh, our bodies to be well. We command the sickness to leave our bodies and we do that by the authority of the name of Jesus. We don't do that by the authority of the blood of Jesus because that, that see, that's, 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 to me that's mushy doctrine, right? There's nothing in the New Testament that says we, that, the name, that the blood of Jesus was given for the purpose of obtaining healing but we do see where the name of jesus was granted to obtain healing but but you know that's fine but also let's throw in the blood you know we I mean, can't it won't hurt right plead the blood just plead the blood but that's that's messy doctrine that's that's sloppy doctrine right because because it's like for me i'm casting out a devil when there's no devil and how many christians have pled the blood when there's no need to plead the blood i mean you're washing the blood already so why are you pleading the blood I never have understood that phrase, you know, and I'm not mad at anybody who used the phrase, but, uh, and I've heard people, well, it worked for me. Well, you know, a blind squirrel finds an acorn every now and then, right? It doesn't mean that just because it worked, my faith is not based on your, certain, your experience, right? What experience do you have? Okay, I can have faith in that. I, I can't have faith in your experience. I can have faith in the Word of God only, amen? And so just because it worked for you, that doesn't prove anything to me, right? That doesn't prove anything because, you know, Lord, is the Lord merciful? You ever done something wrong and still get it right? I mean, how many of us believed weird things when we first got saved and somehow we made it through, right? We survived long enough to make it here. Now we can get better doctrine, right? But, you know, back then we'd pray to Mary, Joseph, and, you know, a couple of saints, right? And somehow it worked. And, but now if you did it, it, the Lord would be like, who are you talking to? You can't pray to Mary, right? I mean, I know people pray to Mary, but someone said, it's funny, they said, they're, they're, uh, they're Catholics, right? And they said, people accuse us of worshiping Mary. We don't worship Mary. We just pray to Mary. <laughs> well, you're still wrong, you know. I didn't, I didn't correct them, you know. But, you know, I never thought that they worship Mary, but I do think they pray to Mary. It's like, why are you praying to Mary? Is there any New Testament, uh, any Old Testament, New Testament, any Testament says it's okay to pray to Mary? No, it's a waste of time, effort. You know, Jesus said, in fact, you pray to the Father in Jesus' name. He gave us that prescription there in, in the book of John, right? You pray to the Father. You don't even pray to Jesus, right? You can talk to Jesus, but you specifically, if you're asking for things from heaven, you pray to the Father in Jesus' name. That's the, that's the, uh, the, the mode to pray. Well, it's okay to pray to Mary. No, it's not. You can pray to Mary, but she'd be like, why are you praying to me? You know? And what would they, I guarantee you, when, when all those Catholics get to heaven, I hope they make it. I think they, you know, they can make it. They believe in Jesus. You know? When they get to heaven, she'd be like, why, why are you praying to me? You know? Same thing with Peter. Right? I mean, they call, you can pray to all the saints in the Catholic Church. You know, you got uh, Saint Peter and Saint. You know, I don't know any name of saints. You know, but they, <clears throat> but if you but if the if the basically if the Catholic Church killed you five hundred years ago, now you can become a saint. That's the, I think that's the rule, right? Because they, they all killed everybody back then, right? And I'm not mad at the Catholics. Some people are mad at. I'm not mad at anybody. I don't care. Uh, they can get to go to heaven just like the rest of us. But any any prescription to pray to Mary in the Bible? No. So well, it's okay if you do it anyway. It's not okay. It's a waste of effort, you know. And really, you know, it's just bad doctrine. But what about pleading the blood? Any any Bible for pleading the blood? 
No, so, so let's leave it where it's supposed to be, right? Are we washed in the blood? 100%. We stand clean before the Lord because of the blood of Jesus. I can go to the Lord. That's why I have the ability to go to the Lord boldly, right? Come to the throne of grace boldly. Amen. I can go to the throne of grace boldly because I've been washed in his blood. Lord, I'm clean by your blood. You washed me from all my sins. I stand before you clean. Uh, now, I need to exercise some authority here, Lord. And I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus. And, and that's really how we're supposed to do it, right? So, you know, she does talk a little bit about this and, and how that maybe that worked. But again, we can't base our faith on the actions of somebody else. Amen. And, and you, it's a fool's errand to, to ask you, well, you know, I did, I did this. It's right here, right? Uh, in, in fact, I made, a, I made a note of this here in, 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 my, uh, in my notes for this, for this particular class, in fact. So where, uh, where did Moses grow up? What nation did he grow up in? Egypt, right? Uh, did he know anything about, uh, anything about Egypt? I mean, uh, was he just like in the backwaters of Egypt? No. Uh, how did he grow up? He grew up as a prince of Egypt, right? Uh, and uh, uh, was, he, was he a well-educated man? He was a very intelligent man, right? In fact, he wrote the first five books of the, of the Old Testament, right? Uh, and so he was trained in all the, uh, all the, the knowledge of Egypt. What do you think he was trained in? What do you think he knew about Egypt? Egypt was, was the most advanced country that I know of at that time, right? As far as in everything, in science, you know, and there's a lot of secrets of Egypt people find out, you know, that, wow, they knew those things long before we knew those things. Uh, and, and so Moses was trained in Egypt, was knew about the knowledge of Egypt, uh, came out of Egypt, left Egypt, right, with the, with the nation of Israel. When, when he got into the wilderness, did he start going through and say, uh, uh, what's wrong with you? Oh, I've got an itch. Oh, well, if you go get the bark of that tree over there and boil it for three minutes, you know, and rub that on your, on your itch, itchy place, the Egyptians showed us that that's, that cures that particular itch. Did he ever do that? Oh, you've got that thing over there. Well, if you kill an eye of newt, right, and you boil that, you know, and you put in, you know, a little can of panantone, whatever, you know, and, and, and mix all that in a soup there and drink that on Tuesdays, that takes care of that thing, right? But had, you reckon he knew about those things? He probably knew about a lot of those things, right? A lot of their... Now, a lot of it was just mumbo-jumbo, right? Because they didn't have science like we have today. But they probably knew... Do you reckon they knew anything? They probably knew a lot of things. How many of those things did he teach the nation of Israel about how to cure their sickness and maladies and, and itches and, and all kinds of stuff? How much of it did he teach them? How much do we have record that he ever said anything about what he learned in Egypt? Zero. Zero, right? Not, not just a little... Zero. So how much faith did Moses have in his knowledge? Zero. Moses is the one who, who wrote the words, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals thee. Moses is the one who wrote those words, right? He never said, I am Jehovah Rapha and a little bit of powder from the bark of that tree over there, right? Did he ever say that? No, never said that. So, so how, how much uh, value did Moses put on the knowledge that he had from Egypt? Zero, right? Zero. And yet, how many, even in the church, how many people in church go, you know, if we could just find some of those secret hieroglyphs. You know they knew something we don't know. You know they knew about some secret, you know, tree or, or mammal or bug. If you just mix this bug out here and the wings of this bug and the body of that bug and the legs of that bug and you mix it all together. You know that right there, cure cancer and everything, right? And the government's hiding it from us, right? The government knows about all those things. They just know how, you know, I love the conspiracy theories, right? The government knows how to cure cancer. Well, they just don't want to tell us, right? Like, whatever. But you know, that's another whole discussion right there. Uh, but... That, uh, if Moses never put any, any uh, emphasis on that, how much should we? But people will fight you tooth and toe. They'll, they'll drink every green gizzard, you know, uh, Dr. DeFranco is called the gizzard juice, right? Uh, every gizzard juice in the world, right? Secret potion, right? All this secret potion, you know? And they've they got great faith in, in the gizzard juice, right? Gizzard cleaner and... and uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, bowel cleansing. Don't you love bowel cleansing? We have a bowel cleansing, you know. Uh, colon cleansing, right? Or, or whatever. I mean, it's just... And they'll drink all this gizzard juice and just, you know... I mean, it's just... Uh, uh, it's intense, right? And so... But, but uh, how, much, uh, how much faith did Moses put in any of his knowledge? You know, he knew some things, right? You know, he had to have been trained in all that knowledge and, and all the salves and... and every secret potion and, uh, that they had in Egypt, right? He was a prince of Egypt. And yet he never once told the nation of Israel, go use this natural remedy. He said, Jehovah is your physician. Right? Jehovah God is your healer. Amen. Have faith in him. 
and, and he will heal you of all things. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, look, I, I'm not mad at anybody. If you believe in your magic potions, it, it's fine, right? Now, you know, I, I always listen to one of these things on, on the radio. Sometimes I'll just listen to it. It's like kind of like opposition research, you know. Uh, uh, and they were talking about some, some, some um, supplement that you could, you could take, right? And the words they use is, it improves brain function. I love that phrase. It improves brain function. It's like, what's that mean? What's that mean? And how could you measure it, right? How, how would you know? You can't know. I mean, it says that, but how do you know, right? I mean, you know, it's like, what's one plus one? I don't know. Take the supplement. What's one plus one? Two. See? There, there you go, right? And, of course, they always say at the very end of it, uh, none of these things have been, you know, uh, classified by the FDA and all, you know, this is not intended to cure anything. And of course they say it really quick right there, right? And what are they saying? No, no, we can't prove any of this stuff. Because oh, we could say it improves brain function. What's that mean? It, it intentionally means nothing because they can't say it actually means anything because then it, then it would have to be under the, the, uh, the license by the FDA, right? And so they can't actually say that it really does anything. So you've got to listen carefully, right? If you listen carefully, it's like, what are they saying? They're actually saying nothing. Because they can't say anything because it, there's no proof of it, right? But if they say it improves brain function, go, oh, yeah, I need my function improved, right? And so, look, you, you do whatever you want to, but what is your faith in? See, my faith is in God alone. My faith is in not how many steps it take a day. My faith is not how many hours of sleep I get a night. Uh, it's not based on my pillow or my, my comforter or, you know, uh, on... You know, I drink eight glasses of water every day. I have no faith in any of those things. I do some of those things, right? I, 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 like to, I like to go for walks. I like to drink water. I like to sleep well. I sleep well every night. But my faith is, what if I, you know, sometimes I've got to, uh, you know, I'm working and, and, and uh, doing something related to, to Bible study. I'll stay up all night long. You know, I've been, I've, I've been up sometimes and Chris gets up for work. Hey, honey. So, you ever go to bed? No. Why? No, I not. I just, I'm on a roll. You know, I got I to gotta finish this roll right here, right? Uh, and and uh, that probably took a week off your life. Didn't take a minute off my life. Amen. Probably helped my life because you're studying all night long. You got to help you somewhere, right? <clears throat> and so uh, it's, uh, what, where is our faith? Where is your faith? Is your faith in the word of God? Because the only place our faith can reside is in his word. It can't be in my actions. It can't be on my lifestyle. It can't be, well, I drink only filtered water from the, from the springs of Egypt, right? Because Egypt water, you know, it's really good water, right? Uh, you know, water is H2O, right? It, it's just literally the same water everywhere, right? Well, I would never drink from a tap. This water right here, where'd this water come from? Came from the tap. Why? Well, because it's easy. You just fill it up right there. Well, well don't you think that's going to hurt you? No, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I mean, is that, not, is that not a biblical phrase? See, that's a biblical phrase. Well, you know, that's going to kill you. It's not going to kill me. It's going gonna, it's gonna, to uh, moisten my throat if I'm talking, right? Sometimes you get a dry throat when you're talking, and, and uh, nothing better to help that than, than a sip of water, right? And so, but I, I, to me, there's no curative uh, ability in that water. It's just, it's just you know, uh, to fix a dry throat. That's it. And so, my faith is not in that water. My faith is not in, in the food that I eat or the steps that I take or the, be, the bed that I sleep in. I have no faith in anything except for the word of God alone. And if I, have place, if I place my faith in anything that's not the word of God, it's, it's superstition. 100% superstition. Amen. Uh, and so, and I'd encourage you, you know, if you go to the doctor, have faith in God when you go to the doctor. Lord, that this is going to do what it's supposed to do, nothing else, because you said that, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Amen? Because if you take any medicine, it's like, okay, it, it, it may do this, but it also could do, and there's 50 other things, right? All, the, all these other things. And so, well, Lord, then I'm going to believe it does this right here and not any of these things because I have faith in you. Amen? And you can, you can constrict this medicine to do only what it's intended to do and nothing else. That's faith in God, amen. I have faith in God, not in that medicine to, to not do that. I have faith in God that he can constrict and constrain that medication to do exactly what it's supposed to do. Uh, and so you, you always have faith in God, amen. Go to the doctor in faith, amen. Take your medicine by faith. Uh, if the doctor prescribes that you, that you exercise, then you exercise in faith. Lord, I'm doing these things because you're my healer, amen. And so, uh, 
So anyway, you know, uh, uh, just in this area, she, she did talk, Dr. Yeomans did talk a, a lot about the blood of Jesus and those things. And again, is the blood of Jesus valuable to us? It's what got us here. Amen. It's what got us into the, into the gates of heaven. Uh, but our day-to-day life is, is uh, perfected by the name of Jesus, right? It's protected by the name of Jesus and not in his blood. And so, and not by anything else, amen? Not by the secrets of, of Egypt and, and um, oh, if I could just go down to the Amazon River. You know there's all kinds of secrets. All them people that haven't seen the light of day in a thousand years, right? You know they got all kinds of secret potions and secret remedies for things. And, and maybe they do. I mean, you know, all medications come from the earth, amen? Every, medic, every pill that everybody's ever taken has come from the earth, amen? There's nothing that came from Pluto or Mars. It all came from the earth, amen? And it all came from something else. It came from a bark. It came from the ground. It came from a from fruit it came from something right i mean some and they just boil it to the essence of it and figured it out amen so it's not like it's you know uh, some special uh, uh, thing that doctors created out of nothing they created it out of something else amen and so uh, and look uh, i i got no problems with anybody ever going to the doctor amen because even when i go to the doctor my faith is still in the lord uh, amen and and, and uh, you know there's been uh, uh well, I don't know about more than once, but, but uh, there's been times when I go to the doctor uh, and, uh, you know, I think I uh, had, um, had like a scratchy throat for about six months one time. And I was preaching at that time. And it's tough for a pastor to preach every week with a scratchy throat, right? And just, you know, a cough there and it, and it wouldn't go away. And so, you know, after six months, you think, well, maybe, maybe I should do something about this, right? Because it was annoying. It was, it was difficult to, as a minister to preach every week. Uh, with a scratchy throat. And so I went to the doctor. Uh, and, and he did an MRI. And he said. He said. Uh, your sinuses are 100% infected. He said. I don't even know how you're walking right now. Uh, and he said. You're going to have to have surgery. On your, on your sinuses. To, to, to fix this. Because. Uh, he showed me the picture. He said. This right here. It's all white. He said. All of us should be black. Uh, on the MRI. Uh, and so. Uh, he said, uh, go home, uh, you know, use this little uh, thing to clean out your sinuses and come back in six weeks and, and we'll schedule your surgery. And so I went home and, and, and did exactly what he said. Did use, use this flushing system to clean out your sinuses and it's gross and disgusting. You know, we can go a lot of details if you want all the nasty part of it. But, uh, but I did a, believe in God, Lord, uh, when I get done with this, I'm not going to need surgery. Uh, now, well, is that God's best? Well, you know, and you look at the woman in, in, in Mark chapter 5, right? The woman who touched the hem of Jesus' garment. What does she say? If I but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. But is that a requirement to get healed? That you have to touch God, Jesus' garment? I mean, if that's the case, we're all stuck, right? Because where is his garment now? We don't know. I mean, if you see it on eBay, it ain't so, right? I got the hem of Jesus' garment, you know, from, from Jerusalem. It ain't so, right? It's made up. So there's no hem of garment of Jesus today. So are we all stuck? No, but that was her faith. Where was anybody else healed by words alone? Sure, what, what, what did, what did the, the centurion say? Speak the word only, my servant shall be healed. So you see, he had greater faith because Jesus said, I've not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. So now her faith was here, you know, that she needed to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. His faith was, just speak the words. I don't, need, I, don't need, I don't need you to touch nobody. I don't need you to go anywhere. I don't need you to do anything. Speak the word only, Jesus, and my servant shall be healed. And Jesus said, that's great faith. Why? Because he understood authority. Amen. But did Jesus rebuke the woman uh, who touched the hem of his garment? No. What did he say to her? Woman, thy faith has made thee whole. So, so was, was it okay for her to have faith only at the level of touching his garment? Because in her faith, she had to touch the garment. She couldn't just get close to the garment. She had to touch his garment, right? That was her faith. She had to do that. Could she have, could she have had greater faith? Well, Jesus had greater faith is, is just knowing authority is, is sufficient by itself. So, he did, but he, did he rebuke her? No, he commended her. Amen? So my faith was, I'm going to do what the doctor says, and I'm going to be 100% healed. Well, don't you think you had better faith than that? Well, you know, let's swap places sometime and see, you know, how it works out. Amen? You, go, you get 100% infected in your sinuses, and, and then, you know, just believe God only, right? you should never disparage anybody wherever they're in their faith. Amen. You should never say, well, you know, if you had better faith, you could do better than that, right? Uh, we had some folks come by the church one time during one of these uh, uh, 
community events, I, I, need, I need prayer. What do you need to pray for? Well, I'm, I've got surgery, you know, come up. I, I would just like you to pray that the surgery goes well. Uh, and and uh, I'm there. I'm the pastor of the church, right? And, and some of the people said, uh, Pastor, come over here. We're going to pray for her. Uh, and, and then uh, she said that. And then they said, they didn't ask my opinion, but they said, well, no, we're not going to believe God for that. You're going to believe God that you don't even need surgery at all. I know you said to pray that the doctors do right, but no, that's wrong. We're going to pray that you don't need any surgery at all. So what were they doing? They're saying, your faith is wrong. You need to have better faith. And, our, and we're going to use our better faith because it's better than your faith. And that's what, that's what we're going to pray. And so that's what they prayed. Lord, d- d- no surgery at all. Well, you know what happened? She had to have the surgery. Why? Because that's where her faith was. You should never override somebody's faith. If that's where their faith is, I'll hook up 100%. Wherever you're, what's your faith? Go to the doctor. No problem. I'll believe 100% that everything goes fine. Amen. And I'm not going to say, but if you had better faith. Because why, well, why would you disparage somebody? About the, the, did Jesus disparage a woman who had to touch his garment? He didn't disparage her at all. He commended her. Amen. Don't ever disparage somebody for the. And look, if somebody's faith is pleading the blood, I'm not going to say, well, you know, technically that's not really right. You know, I'm going to hook up with them as best I can. And then later on, you know, if we're not talking about their healing in the moment, I may say, well, you know, Let's, let's improve our faith and believe in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so, um, uh, so that's what I did. I went, I went home for six weeks and, and did all that, just like the doctor said. But, but every day I was doing that. Lord, this is going to do its job. It's going to do exactly what it's supposed to do. And I went back to the doctor. He took another MRI. And he said these words. He said, wow. He said, you're healed. Uh, and, um, and you don't need any surgery. And so I left. Everything was great, you know. And, and about two weeks, it was probably two weeks after that, that, I, that same scratchiness showed back up. Same exact, you know. And, of course, you de- uh, live with it for six months. You kind of get, get aware of it, you know. And I said, nope, in the name of Jesus, you leave. And just like that, it faded away and just never came back. And, that's, and, and that, so it happened for six months. Then one more time, two weeks after that. And not a single time since then. Amen. And if it had happened again, it would be the same thing. See, I didn't know what the cause of it was before. I just thought I had a sore throat. I didn't have a sore throat. I had a sinus infection. So sometimes going to the doctor, for me, going to the doctor is valuable information. Because once I've got a name, oh, sinus infection. Oh, I've got a name now. So isn't his name above every name? Above every name, amen. And one, another time, I'll tell you, tell you this will go. I went to the doctor, you know, it was like January of one year. Uh, uh, this, uh, it was my right shoulder. It, it, it got, got started hurting really bad. I couldn't even lift up my arm. Right? I couldn't lift it up even above there. Uh, and I thought, that's really weird. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes you ever thought something was really weird? That's really weird. And, and about three months later, then the same thing happened to the other shoulder. Now, you know, I can't do any chicken dances or anything like that because I can't move my arms at all. Uh, and uh, I think that's really weird. And I had my, my yearly physical scheduled and went to the doctor and said, uh, he said, anything else? I said, yeah, this weird thing here is going on. I can't lift my arm above, you know. And he asked me, what about this? What about this? And I said, no, has you had any injuries? He said, no, no, what about this? You know? And he said, well, he said, well, it's, uh, it's, it's arthritis. You know, that's just to be expected. How old are you? Oh, yeah, that's to be expected. You know? And I said, oh, well, it's just arthritis. He said, oh, don't say it's just arthritis. It's serious. In my heart, there's nothing serious. Nothing. It's all just whatever. You know, oh, it's just, the, you know, whatever it is. You know, it's just that. Because it's, it's a name. And if it's a name, it's under the name of Jesus, right? And so I just get up every day healed in Jesus' name. And after a few, it took about, actually that took about a year. It took me about a year. Just, you know, and it wasn't like I was under pressure or anything like that. Just it, every time I, I notice I can't move my arm, you're healed in Jesus' name. And now, you know, there's nothing, you know. Play racquetball, you know. And, you know, in fact, uh, I was telling Jared that was when he was senior year in high school. And I never told him about it, but. He was playing baseball, and I really hesitated ever throwing ball with him because we used to throw ball, you know, baseball just to uh, go out and have fun with it. I, I, I almost never did it because it was really hard to do it. And we play racquetball, and it was really hard to play racquetball. In fact, sometimes I'd even take an Advil before we played racquetball because it hurt so bad to play, but, I, you know, I wasn't going to complain about it. Uh, and, uh, but every, every day, still 100% healed. I'm 100% healed now, you know, 100% healed. Yeah. And I'll stay 100% healed, amen? And so... Uh, it, it's just, it's just to me, it's just information. Amen. Going to the, going to the doctors, it's just information, and I'm not afraid of it. Amen. Some people, I'm, uh, they got something wrong. You go to the doctor? No. Why not? Well, they may tell me something. Well, it's already there. It's not like it's, it's not like them saying something puts it on you. 
It's just information, amen? Don't be suspicious about going to the doctor. People do that and they'll die. And they go, well, why'd they, you know, why'd they die? Well, they, they were afraid to go to the doctor. You know, I mean, some people, I don't understand some people can't handle information. You know, if they, if they get told something, it'll consume their thought life. And so you have to find that path for yourself. For me, I could go to the doctor and he could say anything. Like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Thank you for telling me, doctor. I appreciate it. Now I know, now I know what to work on. Amen. And I can work on it. Amen. And not be afraid of it. Uh, and so, yeah, I just wanted to cover that with, with uh, you know, like the blood of Jesus and about Moses. You know, uh, how many things did Moses tell the children of Israel about the secrets of, of Egypt? None. Zero. So uh, how, how much confidence did he have in the secret recipes of Egypt to get healed? None. He had zero confidence in it. Amen. Not that, not that even some of it wasn't of value. But his confidence was in Jehovah Rapha. Amen. And if his confidence was in Jehovah Rapha, you know what my confidence is going to be? Jehovah Rapha. Amen. Uh, and so we'll, we'll pick this up. He, she does go through and talk about some other healings uh, there in, in that chapter there. And, and they're all good things here. You know, and I don't despair uh, Dr. Yeomans. I mean, she's a medical doctor, right? And so when we get to heaven, I ho- uh, hope she's not mad at me or anything. Because, uh, you know, because she knows more than I know now. And she's in heaven, right? And, and so, and she knows more than she knew when she wrote this book. So. Uh, we're all good, right? No, not, not mad at anybody. Amen. So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you for, for the word of God. And, Father, we thank you that our faith resides in your word and your word alone, Father. It doesn't reside in anything that we do or say or our lifestyles or our DNA or our hereditary circumstances, Father. It resides in your, in your word, what you have spoken, what you have said and written down for our benefit. And, and Father, that's the only thing we can, we can apply faith to is your word. Uh, faith applied to anything else is not faith of God. It's faith of humanity and really, Father, borders on superstition. And so, Father, we thank you for the goodness of your word and the goodness of your spirit that gives us revelation of your word. And we thank you for these things, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, you know, in, in that whole discussion, you know, the one thing that the Lord can add to us in addition to his word, is revelation about our life, right? We talked about the revelation that the Lord gave to me about, about um, uh, the strep throat. You know, revelation knowledge is of great value, amen? Uh, and since we all are unique individuals, you know, there may be something unique about your circumstance that, that is very specific to your life. But God knows all things, amen? He can tell you for you, right? Because our DNA is a natural a result of our parents, right? And so your DNA is not guaranteed to be perfect, amen? Whatever DNA that you've got is the DNA that you've got. And so you have to apply faith to overcome whatever shortcomings are in your DNA, amen? You know, some people, they're just, some, you, know, you know, some people are just sickly. Well, that's oftentimes part of the DNA. Well, they can use faith to overcome that, amen? Some people are just naturally healthy, right? They're just never sick, right? And they don't believe in God, they're just naturally never sick. Well, that's part of their DNA, but they can still use faith in the times when they get around sickness and disease, amen? And Revelation is great because it tells you what you need, amen? It's, it's specific to you, right? Medication you get for the doctor, it's for everybody. But, but the Lord can apply you specific revelation to you that tells you exactly how to overcome that. And it's still based upon the Word of God because He is Jehovah Rapha, and He's the great physician, which means He's the perfect physician for you you, you, need, you need three doses of faith and one dose of Philippians uh, uh, 4, 6. Uh, and take two doses of that every day and you'll be fine. Uh, and, and that may be the case, right? He may say, for you, you need to pray. For you, you need to praise God. For you, you need to, you know, do, sometimes it's natural. Sometimes, you know, remember he told uh, Isaiah to go put the, the figs on, on Hezekiah's knee. But it's still supernatural because who told him to do that? God the Father told him to do that, right? Supernatural, Amen. Uh, and so supernatural knowledge, even if it's, it results in a natural thing, it's still supernatural. Amen. And so we thank the Lord for that. So uh, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. And um, um, don't forget um, uh, Friday night's prayer. Next Sunday is the church meal of finger foods and the uh, uh, white elephant gift after that. And the Friday after that, December the 16th, is um, when we're getting together here at the church to assemble all the gift bags for the um, uh, the jail ministry there. So come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. And getting close to the end of the year, right? Uh, and so... <clears throat>
be interesting to see what the Lord does next year, right? So um, this year we renovated the whole sanctuary and uh, I think it turned out all right, right? And so um, we don't have any other major construction projects going on uh, or planned right now, but uh, there's always something to do, amen? Uh, And so uh, we'll see what next year brings, amen? So... All right, there's a sign-up sheet, right, for the meal. So if you want to uh, sign up for stuff for the meal back there, uh, then you can do that. And that way, uh, everybody doesn't bring sardines, right? I said, who said they like sardines today? Right? Was it, was he like sardines? Yeah. Uh, and my preference is nobody brings sardines, but, you know, uh, you know, if you like them, bring them, right? Aren't they finger foods? Don't you eat them with your finger, right? And so, you know, uh, too thick, right? And so, praise God. I'm glad somebody likes them because I don't like them at all, right? So, <laughs> all right, we'll be blessed. And you're dismissed.